Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Reed Wilkins Wilkins on on Oilers Oilers Radio. Radio. 6.30 chair. McDavid. Left to right with plenty of speed. Top of the circle. Sweet. Backhander. Score! Waited Riddick out. Forced him to commit and then tucked a backhander short side. He's in over the blue line. Monaghan, Talbot, one-on-one. Monaghan shoots tonight! Kim Talbot wins the game! Connor McDavid, the game decider in the shootout. And the Oilers somehow find a way. For the first time in their franchise history, the Edmonton Oilers have seven consecutive wins over the Calgary Flames. Also for the first time in franchise history, the Edmonton Oilers win the same game in both overtime and a shootout. A truly difficult accomplishment, but they did it tonight. 4-3 is the final excellent game at Rogers Place. Very entertaining. The Oilers did not start this game well. Another bad first period. They fell behind 2-0. They fought back in the second period. They took the lead in the third period. Calgary then came back. Back and forth they went. Scoring chances galore in overtime. Cam Talbot made a couple of outstanding saves after the Oilers had that goal disallowed. And then in the shootout, Camilleri, a beauty. McDavid scored. Monaghan denied. And that's how we get to where we get. 4-3, 4-3, Edmonton taking it. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Well, I'm excited to hear what you guys want to talk about tonight. 780-496-0063 as the Oilers have won four of their last five. The only loss, uh, the stinker the other night against the Buffalo Sabres. So, Rob, we're going to start with the, the headline play, which actually doesn't even really score show up on the score sheet. Well, Calgary's goalie got a misconduct, a 10-minute misconduct out of it. Connor McDavid cuts to the net. The rebound is there. Ryan Strom shoots it in. Oilers think they've won the game. Uh, this was not a coach's challenge in the late in the third period and overtime. The NHL Hockey Ops initiates the video review. They say they want to look at it. They say it's goalie interference. Uh, if an attacking player initiates contact with a goalie, incidental or otherwise, while the goalkeeper is in his goal crease and a goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. I guess that's the part of the two-page rule on goalie interference that they're looking at. Uh, McDavid's body certainly hit Riddick's stick as he was cutting through the crease, and I suppose that's why the goal was disallowed. To me, this contradicts the whole theory of hockey. You get the puck and get yourself to the net, and then if you're in the crease, get out of there as quickly as possible, which in my mind is, is what McDavid did. Well, it is, but when you watch the replay, his his skate hits the goaltender's glove stick area, and the goalie turns a bit, and he turns him away from the where the puck goes, which 
allows or forces his reaction time to get the puck uh, to be slower. Strong comes and score. I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think he would have got there in time. But as soon as I saw the replay, I, I, I leaned over to you and said, that's not a goal. And uh, I know there was frustration amongst the fans and certainly was frustration on the bench. Um, I, I don't like the rule, but it, he he interfered. And if it was Talbot that was interfered with, I'd be saying the same thing. So uh, it's unfortunate. I think that in the end, the Oilers got the, the, the extra point that they deserved. Uh, they, they just had to go through a few heart-stopping moments as Talbot made save after save. But to me, it was it was it was simple, and uh, I think the call was the call that they had to make. Well, I don't necessarily agree with you. I mean, I I understand what the rule says, mm-hmm. but well, I guess maybe they're just following the that's rule well, down I mean, the that's... letter. But there there has to be some kind of allowance for common sense. The same thing with the NFL catch rule. There has to be a point where you say he's had the ball long enough before he fell to the ground. But that's so, different there because he turned the goal. He did hit the goalie. No, he didn't. He, yeah, he, he, did. he swiped his stick. Well, yeah, and turned the goalie. And the goalie turned. When he hit him, the goalie turned because of his his body pushed the goalie that way. But he's, he's taking the puck to the net. I understand that part. Play. Okay, so here's my point. This, this is a league that continually punishes offensive players. True. It continually punishes offensive players with the numerous, and it's, it's happened to the Oilers, but it's happened dozens of other times, the ticky-tack offside review, which they refuse to change. No, I agree with and all the that. common sense dictates that Connor McDavid did not interfere with the goal. Well, he did and, interfere and with him. other places. He did like interfere this. with him, though. That's the problem. He did interfere. Well, that's not my interpretation. Well, of when you when you hit the goalie and the goalie turns, is that not interfering with him? You're driving to the net with no, the No, no, no. It's not saying whether or not it should be a rule. But he did interfere with him. I mean, the goalie, when Connor hits, when he hits the stick in the body part, the goalie turns. So that's interfering. I don't agree with the rule. But if you're following what the letter of the rule is, then that's why it was an easy call for the referees. Or actually, I guess the, the people well, in Toronto. No, it didn't because took, it took them the, three minutes to figure it out. Well, it was the, like well they got the right the, call. Here, here's another thing. They de- they decide to challenge it. And then they, they, didn't say, decide. And then they say, well, the, the, hockey the, ops, yeah. the hockey ops decides to yeah. look at it. So then they then they're like, well, we got to find it. We got we got to justify the fact we wanted to review this. So we got to find a reason to overturn it. No, I disagree with that. I don't think they've got that in their mind when they make a call. Oh, I don't really? think the, the the clown show we've seen from video review. You yeah. don't think they would act like that? No, I don't. I, I think that the people have the I, I I trust that the people they have in place are there for the the good of the game. They're not there to have a vindictive. Uh, reasoning to do things. No, they're justifying what they thought no. they saw. No. I'm saying it's vindictive. No, well, I, I, dis- I completely disagree. I think you're, you're, right now you're questioning their character as people, and I disagree with that. I, I disagree that this should be a rule, but this is the rule, and that's the rule you have to call. It was interference. It was a stupid rule. I agree, but it was interference, and I, dis- and I don't think people in Toronto are going to do it because they said, hey, we better do it. I'm going to disallow the goal. Well, okay. They, they seem to be pretty determined to disallow it by the length of time they looked at it. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, but whether it takes 10 seconds or three minutes, I'm not going to challenge the character of people that I don't know. I never would do that. Well, I'm not I'm, Hold on. Well, I'm not you challenging are. their character. You just said they did it on purpose. But I'm saying, I'm saying if you initiate something yourself, you're going you're gonna to lean towards everything to, to make yeah, yourself Yeah, but that's right. cha- you're challenging the character of the person because if the per- person has true no, character, saying, they're going to make the right it's decision. It's human nature to want to be right. That's all. No, I, I disagree. I think that's challenging their character. 
Well, come on, Rob. You know I'm not doing that. You know I don't attack people. Well, you just said they did it on purpose. They look for a reason to 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 overturn I'm saying, it. I'm saying if I'm saying by the length of time they looked at. Yeah. It, well, I agree. It was way too long. Right. It, it should have taken so ten seconds. So if it's seconds. not obvious interference, then then the well, I mean, it was obvious. The, the, the whole thing the was the whole thing was obvious. So they had to decide whether or not it was worthy of being overturned because it, it the, the play it was one split second where he hit him and it kind of turned him. That, that, so that was the, then they had to, I guess they took three minutes to decide if that was worthy of an overturn. Right. That's, but, well, that's, and that's part of my point. If we, you should, you I, should look at it. No, okay, well, I, it's not obvious. So it's but cool. I mean, you're also of the thought that all, and most people are that the NHL people should decide not the refs anyways. Everyone wants to take it out of the refs hands. So then you'd have to have a character check and a lie detector well, on all these the refs, people. The refs didn't call goalie interference at all. Oh, I know. That's what I mean. So this, everyone else wants the Toronto to do it. Well, Toronto made the decision. I don't know what you're saying right now. Well, you, you, you're saying that you don't trust the people in Toronto, and now I never, I never said that, Rob. I said I, I, I it's just like it, it, it's it's a self-fulfilling not prophecy, but if if everybody wants to be right, so if you're saying, hey, I, I think I saw this on on the, it's like if but I, they did see it though. It was there. Well, then it shouldn't take that long to. Make the decision. Oh, I agree. It should never take that long, but I don't think they're they're taking long because they're trying to make something up. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Head coach Todd McClellan here for GCL Diesel for genuine diesel parts at great prices. Visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. You're uh, coming off the Buffalo game. You go through the first period, not a great period. You're down two nothing. Uh, it could go either way here. It went the right way for your team. What happened? How come? Stuck with it. Um, penalty kill came through. We took some penalties, and it came through. Uh, created a little bit of momentum on the power play, which we haven't done. Um, had some chances, and then just stuck with it. And um, had good leadership on the bench. Talbs made some saves when he needed to make them. And a um, little uh, upper-end character came out of our team tonight. We didn't have it the other night against Buffalo. It came out tonight. Todd, a few of your guys who are usually really calm... Cam Talbot, Connor McDavid, uh, both expressing a lot of frustration with the, with the the call at overtime. Talbot, even when the goalies start questioning goalie interference, you got to wonder if maybe something's wrong. What's what's your thoughts on that play? Uh, I have thoughts, but I'm probably best to keep them to myself. Um, you know, I'll let that speak for for what my thoughts are. What do you think of Brandon Davidson game tonight? Um, is there a way to encourage him to shoot the puck more? Well, it sure looked good when he was shooting it tonight. Um, tremendous game for him. He's been waiting and, and getting the opportunity. And with Lars's issue, um, it affected our lineup late. Um, it created a play seven defenseman scenario. And uh, we weren't sure how much he was going to play. Uh, we just went into the game and he, uh, he increased his opportunity as the night went on. He played tremendously physically, defended well, had a good stick. Penalty kill was better. Uh, I think he had a big part in it. And obviously his ability to shoot and get it to the net. So um, really happy for him. He's been patient and uh, it was a tremendous night on his behalf. Is it safe to say he was the seventh name on your on your list tonight if Larson had played? He... Uh, well, if, he was probably our sixth name tonight. Uh, but this morning he probably wasn't in the top six. Uh, moving forward, I think he has a chance to be there. He's earned the right to uh, to compete and keep going. 
Okay, the Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout over the Calgary Flames. They had a disallowed goal in overtime. Bob Stoffer is uh, hanging around the booth here before he heads home, and he, and he, and he makes a good point. It, regardless of, of what Rob and I were debating, the NHL is the only league out of the big four, really probably anywhere, that punish, punishes offense. I agree. The, the, the NFL said we need more passing yards, we need more comebacks, let's give teams timeouts and, and open things up. Uh, Major League Baseball went with the steroid era as long as they could until they had to do <laughs> something about it because there were a lot of home runs. And, uh, you know, the NBA made a drastic move adding a three-point shot and, and, and all that. No, kind I of agree. Stuff. Do you want me to read this, Bob? Here, well, I think you got to. This here's here's Bob's tweet at Bob Stoffer. We have officials mesmerized by Connor McDavid's speed and incapable of calling obvious infractions off the Russian cycle. But then we have a video review system that can overturn an official's call on a scoring play off the rush. Why punish? Offense. That's a tweet from Bob Stoffer tonight. I imagine he'll talk about it more on the show tomorrow. <laughs> and, and I agree. There's some really dumb rules in the National Hockey League that, that, that take away from goal scoring. We, we've seen the offside where you you lift your foot or you're, you're a half a centimeter offside 30 seconds before the play and the goal is disallowed. Dumb rule. And it was put in place for something that happened once in 100 years where a guy was 12 feet offside. Linesman never missed that. Tonight, again, uh, it used to be you drive, and, and, and honestly, and I played in an era where you drove the net, and you would take the defenseman, the goalie, and everything, and it would be like a pile, a dog pile. You're on top of the goalie in the net, and then someone comes and knocks the puck into an empty net. Now, I know that it was taken to extremes of that in, in, in that era, but that's the way the game was played, and that's how you used to say drive the net, get in front of the goalie, bother the goaltender. And now with the... The goalie interference. I mean, tonight it was it was silly. I mean, if if on a hockey play you touch a goalie, it should not count as goalie interference. And Connor McDavid drove the drove the net to make a play, and as he skated through finishing his play, he touched the goalie. I watched one the other night where I can't remember what team it was. The guy was on a breakaway, and he as he made his move, he actually clipped the goaltender making his move, and he got a goalie interference penalty. He was on the break. Well, he had the puck on his stick. So it is dumb. Uh, the NHL needs more goals. That's what people come to watch. And they're taking the offense away from some of the most, uh, I mean, at this era, the, the most skilled players that the National Hockey League has ever had. Players can do things nowadays that even in, in the great eras where the Oilers were winning Stanley Cups, Canadians, where they couldn't do the stuff that the players can do nowadays. Yet they're, you're handcuffing them and not allowing them to, to be at their, their fullest. Having said all that, the, I, I do believe the way the rule is written, that was the right call. It's just unfortunate. And I think they've got to relook at some of the rules they have and allow the offensive players to be offensive again. For those of you asking on the text line and on Twitter, how can that goal be disallowed and the Ducks goal that tied it in Game 5 in the spring both count? The answer is... I don't know. Well, that, that was dumb. You're asking, yes. a very good, you're asking a very good question. All right. Percy is on the line. 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Percy. just want to say that I'm punishing my dog here, Robin Reed. My poor dog is scared because I'm cheering and yelling and screaming in my room. But <laughs> I was listening to you guys, and you guys are punishing me on this rule. <laughs> but, yeah. It's a bad rule. It's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a bad rule. Bad. Very bad rule, but I wanted to make a couple points, and maybe we're going back to old school. I was thinking that we start off so bad, right, every single period, 
you know, you sit, you get excited for the game, and before the first period's over, we're down by a couple goals. And I'm thinking, let's go back to old school where we start Maroon and Jacara and maybe uh, maybe Cassian. We start those guys right off the bat, and then we get into a scrap early so that our bench will get, hey, let's get into this, you know? I, I understand, and, I, and I've played on many teams where they've done that. The, the scrap part might be harder because there's there's not a lot of fighting in the National Hockey League nowadays. But throwing a big physical line out to start a game and tell them, you know what, you get the puck in and, and get physical. Get the puck in deep. Get a four check going. There's nothing wrong with that because right now the Oilers' starts are awful. And the Oilers, despite the win and a great comeback and a, and a fantastic game, the Oilers were one bounce from this game being over. When they're down 2 nothing, they had a couple, the Calgary Flames had a couple power plays. If they go up 3 nothing, the game is over. So the Oilers were very, very fortunate that they scored that next goal. When you put yourself behind early in hockey games, you uh, increase the chances of obviously finding a loss at the end of the night. And the Oilers were very fortunate they didn't give up that third goal. So uh, a bad start almost cost them. They're uh, very lucky, but uh, give them credit for for the staying with it and, and continue to push forward. Well, Lucic had a tough first period again. Yeah, he, he, he's, Milan struggled. Yeah, I know. I, I just want to say it was an emotional game. But here's the, the second point I'll make, and then I'll let you guys carry on. From the last game to this game, n- not one thing like laziness. Uh, they're playing in the fog, no determination. Look at their giveaways, blind passes. There was none of that from the second game, second period to the third. It was like playoff hockey. It was really exciting for the, for both teams. So I'll see if what you say on that. Thanks, guys. You're right. The other, I mean, the one thing that's plagued the others is big turnovers uh, early in hockey games. And then tonight, Milan Lucic, who we talked about a lot after the game against Buffalo, uh, same thing. And it was almost like uh, uh, it's pushed the repeat button because it was the exact same thing that we've seen from him over and over. And he did it again in the th- what would have been the third period. He'd same thing. And fortunately, it, it went through and the, the flame wasn't able to keep the puck in, but he did the exact same pass where he blindly threw it through the middle. And it's just something that you're taught uh, throughout your career, never go through the middle in your own zone. You, especially blind, nothing good can happen of it. Put the puck in the neutral zone and chase it down there. He's a big, strong man. He's able to absorb a hit. He can take an extra second to lift his head and find where the best place to put the puck is. But uh, a tough start for Milan, and you could tell he was frustrated as the game went on because things just weren't going his way. All right, there is a lot of other... uh uh, topics to talk about tonight, though we certainly welcome your your thoughts on anything that you saw. We should quickly, first of all, uh, well, let's talk about this. First of all, Connor McDavid was given a 10-minute misconduct at the end of the game. You probably saw after his shootout <laughs> goal, he was pointing to at least one of the refs saying, go upstairs. Why don't you go upstairs? I don't think that's what he got the 10 for. What did he get the 10 for? I'm guessing that he kept talking after that, because I don't think that's that's not going to get you a 10. But uh, I'm guessing these, he kept talking. With these guys tonight, who knows? Well, how about uh, Cassian had 37 penalty minutes tonight? <laughs> I was like, and wow. Okay, and here's the thing, and, and look, we're going to talk more about the things that affected the Oilers. There were a couple penalty. I, I actually thought McDavid got away with a hook in overtime, and I thought Kajula got away with a classic trip where he stuck his, uh, not in overtime, but he yeah. he blatantly tripped a guy. Bo- both teams did. Both teams got, How does Cassian get an instigator well, on a... F- 
fight off a face. There was a, a few things I didn't understand because they, they kicked Cassian. Or I thought maybe Cassian because he kept punching after the refs came in. I thought that's, that's why. That's why he got the okay, misconduct. I understand that. I didn't understand the instigator. No, that was my And point. I also have, so the whole thing, uh, it seemed like 20 minutes went by when they were reviewing the goal. And then there was another huddle. When did the Calgary Flame goalie get his 10-minute misconduct? I think they decided because of his outburst with breaking the stick that because the game wasn't over, they had to recognize <laughs> that that happened. So then they gave him a misconduct, which he obviously doesn't swear. I think it was, was it Hathaway? Hathaway. In in there? Yeah, I was like, okay, well, how did this guy get a penalty? Nothing has happened. And all of a sudden you got uh, a stick laying on the ice. You got Hathaway going to the penalty box. And at one point, I think the Oilers thought they had a power play because they had four guys out there. Yes. Strom was on the ice. So I thought, oh, no, I mean, someone got a, a penalty uh, that it gave them the power and, play. And you know what? And I was complaining about the length of the review. So then I started thinking, oh, maybe they're calling a slash. Strom or McDavid were slashed as they shot the puck. And they were saying, oh, we have to go back and call this. But, yeah, they they were giving Riddick a, uh, a misconduct. So, yeah, a, a spirited game, certainly the, the second half of the game. Oh. Once the Oilers made it 2-1 with about six minutes left in the second period, it really it, picked up. It was a playoff atmosphere in here. It, it was the most fun, I think, that – and this is just for me being in the press box and not being in the stands. But it's the most fun I believe the fans have had since last year's playoff run. Because it, it, it was like that here. They got both fans, Calgary and Edmonton, going back and at it, back and forth. You got the excitement of the game. There was physicality in this game. And there's been a lot of games where there hasn't been physicality. And both teams were doing it. You had the, the enemy. You had the villain in Kachuk, yep. who everybody hated on the ice, uh, whether it was an Oiler fan or, or, or an Oiler player. It was just there was so much going on. And the one thing that we haven't talked a whole lot about was how good was Cam Talbot in overtime? That's true. I mean, the Calgary Flames could have won this three times, four times in overtime. Last 90 seconds, Talbot made three big saves. Unbelievable saves. And so and then he makes the one big save. The goal, they come in to push the rebound. Talbot's down. The Oilers actually had a 2-on-0, and the, the, or the referee lost sight of the puck and blows the whistle down, and the Oilers were about to go down on a 2-on-0. So it was uh, one of those nights where we actually, there's so many things that we could talk about just because the excitement of the game. Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout, 780-496-0063. We have Grant standing by. Hello, Grant. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Passions are running at a fevered pitch tonight. <laughs> um, one comment and one uh, question, please. I, in my opinion, if there's a challenge on the ice, they should take it out of the hands of the officials they on did. the ice. They did. Oh, this they was did. made in Toronto, yeah. The, the, oh. the Calgary Flames didn't challenge this. This was okay. Toronto. Toronto was the one that said there's a challenge. Okay, do they routinely do that? I th- what is, what's the Here's rule? Here's the rule. In the final minute of play in the third period and at any point in regular season or playoff overtime, hockey operations will initiate the review of any scenario that would otherwise be subject to a coach's challenge. Okay, I was not aware of that. Um, one question. What do you think, and it would screw up the uh, stats books and everything and the records, but what do you think of going to a three-point rule? I love it, but they'll never do it. I, I, I think a... You mean three points for the win? Three, two, one, three. zero. Yeah. Yep. Have you ever seen... I know in, in, in female hockey in, in Alberta, they have the three-point thing. Well, the World have Juniors you, does that. But have you ever seen the standings? Go on to the Alberta Midget yeah. Girls Hockey. It's like... There's like nine different things. There's the wins, regulation wins, wins in overtime, losses, regulation lo- losses, overtime losses. I get confused looking at it. 
Yeah, well, uh, as I said, it would, it would screw up the statisticians, but... Uh, well, things change I, historically yeah. all the time. So, I mean, if yeah, you're first do. place, you're first place, whatever. Yeah. Whether it's 160 or 105 points, for sure. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, we get asked about that usually yep. a couple times a year. It's, yep. it's an interesting debate. I don't think the league will ever do it because, as we've seen, the league isn't very progressive. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah. The uh, fourth star tonight is for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Davidson, Kachuk, and McDavid were selected as uh, the three stars. Are you going with Talbot? Well, I, I, thought, I thought Talbot was outstanding, and I also thought Leon Dreisaitl. Played 25 and a half. Uh, he, he was robbed time and time again. I thought he and McDavid looked very good uh, playing together again. But if you're going to go with the reason the Oilers got the extra point, Cam Talbot in overtime was the reason the Oilers got the extra point. And, I mean, Strom's probably a star if that goal stands. He yep. had two assists. And, and I got so much to talk about tonight. I thought on Davidson's second goal that put the Oilers up 3-2, slow dump in. Kajula got in there on Giordano and and didn't actually steal the puck but worked it free. So uh, who was it? I think then Strom picked it up yeah. behind the net and got it to Davidson. And we've seen Kajula. He's a little guy, but when he's determined to be physical, he didn't go in there and run Giordano, but he did the McClellan thing, get over top of the puck. He, he played well. Able to, all he did was poke the puck free, prevent Giordano from making a pass, and then four seconds later, Davidson scored. Yeah, I thought Strom was very good. Kajula was very good tonight. Uh, Slepeshev, uh, I don't know how much time did Slepeshev get tonight. Well, he and Camilleri were often rotating yes. with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And C- Camilleri had a good game. So, I mean, Slepeshev played almost 10 minutes. Uh, a number of players stepped up tonight. It, it was a good game. I thought the Calgary Flames came in. I thought they played very well to, as well. And their goaltender was outstanding through the first 30 minutes. I, I mean, even though the Oilers were down, uh, they were getting a ton of very good chances. So, to me, there's hard to find, I mean, other than the rule, a lot wrong with tonight's hockey game because it was so exciting. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring Nick on to overtime open line. Good evening, Nick. Hey, um, I'd like to uh, comment about the game for sure. What a game! It's crazy. Um, loved it. Um, but uh, besides that, I'd like to talk about uh, Kachuk and Pooley Arvey. Um, love Pooley Arvey. I got nothing against his game. I think the way that Shirelli built our team. Matthew Kachuk, we had a chance to draft him, should have drafted him. Hockey pedigree, warrior, you know, type guy, and he's only going to get nastier. He could have been ours, Cassian times two maybe. And uh, anyway. Well, he's a very good player. He agitates a lot. He has 80 points in 122 games. Obviously, Line and, and Matthews <laughs> have course, the. Yeah, Line and Matthews are the top guys <laughs> out of that draft. We'll see with Puliyarvi. I, I think if. You know, you got to remember, yeah, Mikhail Sergachev went ninth to Montreal. Yeah, no, he's, he's, good. He's, he's so. Really good. Yeah. yeah. yeah that could chuck, though. The one, the one thing, I mean, you hate him when he's on the other team, but the one thing that I've seen, I've watched him in a few games in shootouts and stuff, when he has to score. He does. So it's not only does he do it uh, at any part of the game, he does it at the big parts of the game. So he, he, he's a good hockey player. Uh, and uh, as, a, as an Edmonton Oilers fan, he's going to be someone that we're going to hate for a long, long time because he's going to be agitating for a number of years for the Calgary Flames. I just got a uh, message here from one of the, uh, the uh, stats and behind-the-scenes crew that are up top here at Rogers Place. Yep. Cassian instigator penalty is no longer recorded as an instigator penalty. It's recorded as unsportsmanlike conduct. So he got unsportsmanlike fighting a 10 and a game. 
So uh, that that makes more sense. He did something. I'm guessing because he kept punching. Is my guess is they the ref finally said, you know, enough's enough. You get an extra for doing that. I don't know. Uh, you know what I'd love is I'd love the and we've talked about it before. I, I I'd love the refs to have to face the media at the end of a hockey game to answer questions. I mean, coaches all have to, players all have to, but a lot of games are won and lost on a referee call. And you'd love to hear their thought on it. Why did you make that call? What did you see? What did you not see? So I'd love to see that happen. Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. We'll welcome Logan to the show. Hi, Logan. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on your show, guys. No problem. Um, Mike, have a, I want to make a comment. That was a very bad start to the game tonight, but that was more like in the, sec- the second period and the third. What was that? They need more to for 60 minutes. Hats off to Davidson tonight, getting the puck, the net, burning his chances. Do you guys agree with that? Well, I'm glad you brought up Davidson because he was the first star and we've hardly talked about him. He'd only played two of the last 11 games. The first goal, I mean, Rob says it all the time, shoot from anywhere, shoot from a sharp angle. That one went in. And then... You know, we've seen sometimes when he gets, uh, he only has seven career goals, but when he has a chance to wind up, he can blast it, and he did a good job there. He had a heavy shot, and I mean, the first goal is a seeing eye goal, but he jumped into the play, which you want to see a defenseman do, and he threw the puck on net. The second one, uh, and I don't want to call it a goal-scoring goal because I don't think he's a goal scorer, but he used the defenseman as a screen, and then he put it in an absolutely perfect place, and it was heavy. We talk a lot of the time about Milan Lucic having a heavy slap shot, Davidson, and we saw that in his first go around here with the Edmonton Oilers. He has a heavy shot, and that goaltender had absolutely no chance on that one. Davidson was excellent. Not only, I mean, he scores a two goal, and that's that's an aberration. It's not going to happen for Brandon Davidson. He's not a goal scorer. I think was that six in his career. Se- yeah, seven. Seven in his that, career yeah. now, but he kept playing his part of the game. He absolutely hammered somebody on the penalty box side of the ice, right at the blue line. In, in the third period, that's the part of the game that the Oilers would love for him to have it with a consistency. Now, Brandon Davids had a wonderful night tonight, and he's going to play the next game because of this. He needs to have that kind of impact with the physicality on a night-to-night basis, and they will find a spot for him in the lineup. So uh, a great night for him, uh, and a big reason that the Oilers have two points was the, was the play and the insert, insertion of him into the lineup. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers had to adjust about an hour before the game. It was announced that Adam Larson would not be able to play, uh, play because of a, a personal issue, so hopefully uh, everything is going to be uh, okay with him and his family. Uh, so a V2 came in as well as Davidson, so they still dress 7D and Pacarinen was out from the last game. Uh, Latestu came out, they put Camilleri back in, so the Oilers have to do some lineup adjustments. Kellen, do we have, uh, did the Davidson interview ready to go? Okay, for GCL Diesel, for genuine diesel parts at great prices, visit GCL in the West End or online at gcldiesel.com. Here's Davidson. Just sort of uh, take us through the wave of emotions out there and then eventually getting it all done in the win. Yeah, I mean, I didn't feel great coming uh, in the first period anyways. I thought it took me a little while to get my feet going. Um, it had been a month since I'd played and um, kind of just wanted to keep getting better every shift. And um, lucky sling to the net uh, gets that goal in and it really kind of boosts my confidence out there. I thought that uh, from that I was able to kind of 
do my thing, and I had a lot of fun out there tonight. So um, it was a good win, and, and uh, for our team, and uh, it's great to contribute uh, once again. Do you remember last time you scored two goals in the game? Never have, not in the NHL. <laughs> Any junior? Uh, I think I did maybe in the minor leagues, but uh, not ringing a bell <laughs> that long ago. <laughs> How much steam did you just pick up after that? Because you made that great play on the two-on-one, and then you threw a big hit after that as well. Yeah, I think the momentum's everything in this game. Uh, confidence as well, and um, you know, to have the ability to kind of make those plays, I kind of trusted myself and trusted my instinct. And um, moving forward, I need that, and, and uh, that's something I can build off of. What did you think about the goal that got disallowed in overtime? McDavid said he just wants to see black and white from the NHL. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, he said it. Uh, black and white would be great because there is a big gray area. Um, on that one, I can see the contact a little bit, but um, I mean, I thought it was a fair goal. Um, I, I really don't know uh, how they go about that anymore, but um, uh, I'm sure we'll kind of have to get a way of uh, putting that down pack. Thanks, Brandon. Coming in late. So. Read that side, Brandon Davidson. Brandon Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room. Edmonton winning over Calgary 4-3 in a shootout. Really good game tonight. The tension increased as the night went on. A little controversy as the Oilers have an overtime potential game winner waved off for goalie interference, and then they win in a shootout. Seven consecutive victories over the Calgary Flames dating back to the start of the 16-17 season. The four goals means Booster Juice will donate $100 to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. The total for the season now up to $3,350. Quickly here, well, we could have had a hat trick tonight. Davidson was in the running. Our face-off trivia question, who, who, before McDavid's hat trick in the season opener, who was the last Oiler to get a hat trick against Calgary? Fred knew that. Alexander Selivanov in April of 2000. You could have given me a thousand guesses. I wasn't guessing. Well, him. I could have just given you the Oilers player register. You would have got to it before then. Uh, Fred no, gets a probably fi- not. Fred gets a fifty dollars gift card to Buffet Royale Carvery from Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at ArmorInsurance.ca. Okay, we got to give you the news and the weather. I haven't been outside for a while, but I think it's pretty ugly outside. So we'll update you on what's going to happen there. James, Greg, Tony, and Jack are next in the batting order on the open line. You'll also hear from Talbot, McDavid, and Kachuk. Oilers win at four three. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Strom in the vicinity, digs it out. Tried to center for Kajula once. Out instead to Davidson. It drives, scores again. Brandon Davidson, two goals for the first time in his NHL career. And the Oilers have their first lead. 3-2 with 14.44 to go. Big game for Davidson. He scores twice. Calgary would come back and tie it shortly after that, and the Oilers survive winning 4-3 in a shootout. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 11.04. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, inside Rogers Place. Really appreciate you tuning in tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We'll welcome James. Hi, James. Guys, um, just about the goalie interference, you guys were just talking earlier about how you trust the guys in Toronto or whatever, and... uh, it's not that I don't trust the guys in Toronto, their character, but there's no black and white on the rule. It's such a gray area. Like, I mean, like McDavid comes in, touches his stick, and from the overhead view, it looks like he was swinging a stick. And then in the Toronto game, you have 
a guy sitting on Anderson, and they don't call that back. <laughs> well, you're you're right. It's dumb. Uh, I've watched. Oh, we got it wrong almost every time we picked one last year. We got it wrong because we we picked the wrong way. Uh, I agree. It should be much easier. But I mean, we're watching San Jose and New York right now, and the New York scored. The New York player had his stick underneath the pad of the goaltender, yet they allowed that goal. So, and it was probably more so interference than the one here tonight. But uh, it, it's silly. It's silly. It's just a like you say that the rule there's a rule there, but like no one knows the rule, so it's it's hard to 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 call that. Cause, yeah, like, well, I mean, bit. yeah, I did read I did read the rule. <laughs> I mean, this is what I found, James. Contact inside the goal crease. If an attacking player initiates contact with a goalkeeper, incidental or otherwise, while the goalkeeper is in his crease and a goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. So I think that's the portion of the two-page rule they applied to the McDavid play. Yeah, and I just think the consistency has to get there. Um, I agree. But uh, other than that, it was an awesome game. It's good to see the Oilers finally battling it out. And uh, it's night and day, this team between Buffalo and tonight. So it's just good to see a good-fought battle. Well, we should also mention Rob Brown. How how about this? I know what's coming. The Oilers penalty killing tonight. Four for four. And huge ones. Yeah. There was a couple of them where the it would have extended into yep. a three-goal lead. And, and the Oilers aren't coming back down down three. They just aren't. I mean, the the, the the shoulders would have sagged because it would have been the exact same thing, the penalty kill that did them in. But their penalty kill was very good. They did get some breaks. Sure. There was there was the one where I think Monaghan had the wide open net, just goes wide. But they got it done when they needed to get it done, and that's something that we haven't said very often at all this year at home ice. Calgary did score a goal with a delayed penalty coming to the Oilers and the extra attacker on the ice. Yeah. Those don't count as, as power play goals. That was the Giordano goal that made it 2 nothing. Yeah, good call there from James. Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. We'll go back to the phone lines in a second, but let's talk to tonight's villain for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Here's Matthew Kachuk. Played out a, a heartbreaker for your group. Uh, you, you're up to battle back to tie things up. How disappointing is that one? So disappointing. I mean, it's 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 just like the the like the snowball effect from that second period is like like they have nothing, and then we give them you know a little bit of life, and they're I mean they're a good team, and maybe not their record isn't showing how good of a team they are, but we've got some high end players that when they're feeling confident, how they can they can take over games. So that's just that was wasn't a good display at all and it's it's unfortunate because we played a pretty good first half of the game like good enough to to win in the NHL and we just we just gave it up is that you know particularly frustrating because you've done that a couple of times where you kind of fail to put a team away yeah I mean I think the uh, I think the big talk uh, however long ago was you know what a great team the Flames are uh, leading after two or you know, what a great record they have, but I mean, that's out the window right now. We've talked in the past about the kind of swagger this team seemed to have in, in overtime. Is that missing right now at all, or is it just a matter of getting a bounce in three on three? Yeah, well, I mean, we had chances, they had chances. Uh, one of them, you know, you hope goes in for, uh, you know, your team, but it should have never been an OT just to begin with. 
Kyle Morris working the visitors' dressing room. That's Matthew Kachuk. Excellent game for him. He had a couple of goals, lots of chances tonight. The Flames have an 11-game point streak, 7-0-4, but they're winless in four <laughs> because they've lost two in a shootout and two in overtime in their last They're four. undefeated in 11 and winless in four. You got to like That's that That's the crazy one. thing about the, the but loser point. The one thing that they're doing, though, is they're continuing to get points. Yep, and that's how the and that's the thing with both the Oilers. When they have lost too often, they have been bombed. I mean, yep. we've seen the five nothing games, eight three, falling behind, you know, allowing a goal on the first shot and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So you're not scratching out those points which are valuable. We should just the the caller that mentioned that point system earlier, three three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime or shootout win. One point for an overtime or shootout loss, zero points for a regulation loss. That's international hockey. A lot of tournaments. So, is that. that what soccer does in the World Cup and stuff? Uh, soccer's either well, they don't have they don't do overtime in the. Oh, so if, it's three or one. It's is that three what it is? for a win, one for a tie. Oh, okay. Because too many teams would play for a tie. Yeah. And you'd have a really in soccer. Yeah. Really. I never noticed that. I thought they all went offensive. But the the. Th- and the way the reason that makes sense to me is because right now the NHL is saying it's more valuable to lose in overtime or a shootout than in regulation time. So by that logic, it should be more valuable to win in regulation time than win in overtime for a shootout. I don't know if they want you know the standings to have four columns or. Well, I mean, it, it is funny. Like if we go on the Alberta women or female hockey, yeah. it is funny. But the one caller said you know it'll affect the you know h- historical part of it. Yeah. But they've I'm thro- past they've, that. they but it doesn't matter. They they when they, as soon as they put the loser point in, it changed everything. Yeah. Because player, teams are getting more because there's actually. If you lose a game, you're still getting a point. Well, when when Rocket Richard scored 50 goals in 50 games, it was a 50 game season. Right, so if he was only fifty it, games back then, I think yeah, it was still fifty games because I think he got it in the last game of the year. So, I mean, he could. Well, I know he's passed, but he could sit. He could said, well, no. if it's an eighty-two game season, I would have. I, I could have had ninety-two like Gretzky did. So anyway, uh, that's what that caller was was saying. Uh, the Oilers needed one more tonight to get to the Japanese Village goal light. Whenever they get five or more in a game, we turn that on the Oilers page on six thirty ched dot com. You can print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village, three locations: downtown, south side, and. And Northside. Okay, we have Greg on the line. Greg, thanks for calling. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing pretty good. Uh, not being a homer or anything. I know your phones are probably blowing up and your text is blowing up about that that uh, overtime goal that was just a lot for goal interference, which I not being a homer, I thought was absolutely terrible. Uh, I mean, and you know, you know, they're bringing up the Anaheim thing, whatever. That's fine, but. Um, the thing that I want to talk to you guys about was I, th- I thought it was a good a good call for goal interference. You know why? Because now I can teach my hockey team that I'm head coach of to not drive the net anymore because they'll get the goal disallowed. So uh, way to go, refs. But uh, uh, nonetheless, I think the oldest played his game, and after that goal, um, McDavid came out and he he wanted to win that game, and, and he looked determined to win the game, and they did. And uh, um, I just think. All in all, um, they need to do something with the rest in general, and they need consistency with the, what's goal interference, what's not goal interference. Kerry uh, Fraser, he's a great guy. He's he's on a lot of the, the sports talk radio shows and stuff like that. And and one thing I heard from him today uh, was the re- some of the reasons why like um, McDavid uh, isn't getting the calls and the penalties on him that that should be called is because um, and he said himself 
that the refs um, aren't fast enough to keep up to McDavid, so they're usually behind the play with him, so they can't, they're always calling from behind, so they can't see what's going on with him. But none, nonetheless, I think there needs to be consistency with the, the, the goal interference, the offside. They need to find some way to make it consistent where there's, it's like they, they tell all, all the rules are black and white, black and white, black and white. There's no gray area. Well, if one, if this is a hook, that's not the hook. Yep. Okay, well, what is? So yeah, I will. I will say this, Greg. The offside is a black and white call. It's just I don't like it that goals get overturned for for a centimeter. But but you you make you make an excellent point. We appreciate your call for sure. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Let's head down to the Oilers dressing room. The winning goaltender. He was very solid tonight. Here's Cam Talbot. No idea. If we would have got a call like that last year, then who knows what would have happened. But. Uh, are you talking about Kessler in Game 5? I'm talking about a few calls last year, but, yeah, I think you guys can read between the lines there. But I think that, you know, I thought it was uh, a good goal, but that's just my opinion, not theirs, obviously. So we ended up getting the extra point, which is all that matters. But is it safe to say, like, I'd watch a power play. There seems to be more, if we're going to call that goalie interference on any power play, when guys are just banging at pucks in the slot, like... Connor, I don't even think he knew he touched the goalie. I don't think he did either. And when I watched the replay, it looked like the goalie even got up. I mean, if there's goal interference, has they have time to get up and make a play on it? So I don't know what they're watching, but I mean, we ended up getting the extra point. That's would you be, as a goaltender, would you be fine with a, a loosening of all these goaltender interference restrictions? Have they gone too far down that road, do you think? Well, it depends who's making the call. I mean, you look at some of these calls and they're getting overturned for nothing. And then you look at some and you think that shouldn't be a goal and it is so I mean there's just no fine line and I don't know how you can make it streamlined or anything like that it's just everyone making different calls and it's a judgment call so I don't know how you can how you can change it's just judgment on the ice I guess all right that's Cam Talbot all right Cam Talbot gets the win tonight 34 saves in regulation and overtime and then he stopped two of three shootout attempts as the Oilers edge the Calgary Flames 4-3. Really exciting game, good intensity. The Oilers fought back after, well, the first period wasn't that exciting because they, they didn't start well again and, and, and fell behind, but they're able to fight back. Brandon Davidson gets a couple of goals. Zach Cassian scores, then gets kicked out of the game for a fight early in the in the, in the third period. A lot, uh, a lot happened tonight. We're glad to talk about it with you, and we have Tony, the latest guy on the open line. Hey, Tony. How you guys doing tonight? Good, buddy. How are, how are your nerves? Oh, I'm be they're beyond shot right now. I was beyond <laughs> I was beyond upset with the whole goaltender interference because the thing that really irritated me was what what happened last year with Talbot. If anybody should be mad, it should be Talbot because of what happened. Um, the two players I actually wanted to really highlight tonight was Cassian because I saw a few times where he was ready to take Kachuk's head right off, and the fact that Davidson first first two-goal game of his career, that's amazing. Um, but my biggest thing is, as, you know, everybody's been saying this, but what it, like, goaltender interference is supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, what it is. And as we, everybody knows, Mate David, when he goes into the net and tries to score, it's usually going right into the crease. So what, we're supposed to, he's supposed to stop so that he doesn't get that and get that goaltender interference because when he would point out saying, you know, oh, look at, look at, I look at uh, the goal, like my shield goal, I laugh because I'm like, what, you're going to call that one off now too because, oh, my God, he was in the crease. Sorry, which one? 
the one where he went to the shootout goal when he said. Oh, where he was pointed to the refs, yeah. Yeah, I I laugh because he, as everybody knows, he's known to go going into the net to score the goal because of how fast he is, and it's like they got to change it because Edmonton Edmonton is getting you know the the wrong end of the stick when it comes down to to these goaltender interference calls. I'm sure there's a lot of teams that are getting the wrong end of the stick because it's it's a bad call and. The fans in Edmonton and the coaches in Edmonton, the players in Edmonton aren't the only ones complaining about this. This is a... Mike Babcock the other day went crazy. So this isn't just against Edmonton. This is a dumb rule around the entire league. Yeah. We appreciate it though, hey, Tony. The hey. one thing I want to talk about, I yeah. don't know if you noticed it, Kachuks. There was a time in the... Would be in this period. So it would have been in the third period or the first. I can't remember which one it was, but Connor McDavid had the puck and he was did a little twirl in the far corner, and he started coming hard behind the net, and it looked like he was going to try and wrap. Kachuk read it. Kachuk left his D-man, and he was coming down full speed, and he was going to try and take McDavid's head off. I don't know if McDavid felt it, uh, sensed it, and then he turned and went back the other way. We almost saw a brawl tonight because <laughs> had that had that finished, had he finished his check on McDavid, I, I'm not sure if there would have been anyone left on the bench uh, because he was coming hard. So that's something as we go forward in this rivalry between Edmonton and Calgary to watch because Kachuk is one of those guys there's... I, I think he would enjoy he loves, the opportunity. He loves it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Backlund hit McDavid pretty hard. He did the hit third, him, yep. And Davidson, great body check on stage. Yes, that's Cla- the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Classic mm-hmm. body check. And, well, we didn't even talk about Camilleri's shootout goal. Oh, he's and, and Jack said it best when he says he, it's no effort. Like, you see some guys going down there, and they're moving 100 body parts, and they're going 100 miles an hour, and they're turning, and their hands are moving. Camilleri skates down. Like, it's, you know those when we used to be young, and you'd have to go get, uh, go around and say, how many laps am I going to do? And what was that called? A skate-a-thon. It was like a skate-a-thon for Camilleri. It's just, I'm just going to go skate down and collect my $100 worth of sponsorship I've got from all the neighborhood kids and stuff. It's unbelievable how easy he makes it look. You know, the last time he was able to go around the goalie, this goalie stayed with him. Okay, he's going to open his legs. He's going to, oh, they're open. I'm going to put it between the legs. It's 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 a veteran that does not get caught up in the moment. The nerves don't get to him. And it is a nice uh, addition, no, no, not just what he does during the, the, the regular part of the game, but a nice addition to your shootout because you see how important these extra points are going to be throughout the remainder of the season. They're going to be vital for the Oilers if they want to get back into a playoff race. So Camilleri, we've seen him do a couple shootouts now, and they've just been a thing of beauty. we got Rob and Daniel next on the phone lines. You will also hear from Connor McDavid, who gets credit for the game-deciding goal tonight. In the same instance, he gets a 10-minute misconduct for abuse of officials. Oilers over the Flames 4-3. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630. Gaudreau cross, ice forced it. Too many sticks in the pass of Sean Monahan. Drive subtle ahead from Cassie, gets it back, shoots, save, rebound, scores, Zach Cassian. This game is tied at two. Cassian with his first goal in 18 games. Fourth of the year, ties it up. 
That was a big one. Oilers scored two goals in 64 seconds to turn a 2-0 deficit into a 2-2 tie. Things really ramped up around that point in the game. Oilers went ahead in the third. Calgary tied it. Oilers win in a shootout 4-3. They had a disallowed goal in overtime because of goalie interference. Strom got the goal, but it was McDavid who was called for goalie interference. On the advantage, trailer rentals out of town scoreboard. Toronto wins 4-1 in Dallas. Blue Jackets edge the Coyotes 2-1. Sabres over the Canucks 4-0. Buffalo sweeping Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. They just needed to come out west, apparently. Islanders over the Golden Knights 2-1. Well, Golden Knights lose at home, and the Islanders, who score a lot and give up a lot, uh, get a 2-1 win. Jordan Eberle scores in that game. Ducks over the Jets, 4-3 in a shootout. Rangers, 6-5 over the Sharks. Predators blank the Devils, 3-0. Lightning win, 5-1 over the Flyers. Penguins double up the Wild, 6-3. Another 6-5 game. Carolina, 6-5 win in Montreal. The Bruins, an 18-game point streak. Unbelievable how good they are right now. Missing... One of their best players, too, Marshawn, out for the next five games. 3-2 over the Senators. Boston won that one. Chicago beats Detroit 5-1. Capitals knock off the Panthers 4-2. Blues beat the Avalanche 3-1. The LA Kings, the only team not to play tonight. The next game is the All-Star game. We'll broadcast it for you on 6.30, Chet, at 1.30 Sunday afternoon. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. It's 11:26. Thanks for staying up with us. We have Rob at 780-496-0063. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Pretty good. Good. You guys have kissed and made up, eh? Because earlier, <laughs> uh, was, I, was, I was getting a little worried. Don't worry about us. You should hear. We should hear us off here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. Hey, I just uh, just a few things. Um, uh, it's funny. I had something else in the mind, but uh, how about imagine if uh, Edmonton drafted uh, what's his name, Brady Kachuk? Uh, oh, that would be funny. That, oh, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that would, I mean, I just think the fireworks would just be amazing. Um, anyway, I just thought thought of that as, as I was waiting. Uh, one of the big things I was thinking about, what is with this Jekyll and Hyde team um, where, like, they laid the egg that they did the other night and it, it against Buffalo, and it had to be one of the worst games I've ever even I even recorded the bloody thing, and I <laughs> couldn't even have done it. Like you know, by the time I even got halfway through, um, but and then they come out tonight, um, and oh, lo and behold, we're going to try tonight. Um, it's just amazing to me. And then and then I don't know if you guys uh, and I don't know if it's okay to say, but uh, like if, if you guys hear low low tides rant on uh, no, I didn't listen to it. I tell you what, it's awesome because it totally said what every fan felt. Like, and this is the thing. I'm from BC and I go to Edmonton for games. And, you know, like, it takes, it's a lot of money and time and everything to go. And I love going. It's my team. It's, it's I go. But I tell you what, but to go and to, to if you're going to go and witness that, um, you're just so, you know, like, like, I guess all I'm saying is that, you know, like, I know this game, it's nice. We've got a feel-good game finally. But let's not forget the Buffalo shenanigans that just happened. Well, and that's been the story of their year. Yeah. That, well, I mean, that's teams that, I mean, you look at the Buffalo Sabres, Arizona, uh, Vancouver, um, Montreal, Ottawa, teams that are at the, the bottom of the standings, they have the ability to win on any given night. 
What they don't have is the consistency to do it, you know, four or five, seven of 10, 15 of 20. And those are the teams that make the playoffs. All these teams, every team in the National Hockey League can win on any given night because they got good hockey players. The best teams, the playoff teams, are the ones that can do it with consistency. And this year, the Oilers have not been good enough and consistent enough to be a playoff-caliber hockey club. They're hoping to find that now, but they put themselves in a really, really ugly-looking hole. So uh, hopefully this is a, a start, four out of five. They get a break here, and they come back with a much better start after the break than they did after the, the, the Christmas break. And in a year of... I was talking on the face-off show with Bob about how it's a year of extremes for the Oilers. They are 10-2 and two against the Pacific Division. No. I, I, I mean... It, <laughs> It's just, it's, there's a, there's a lot of things where you're like, wait, what? How could, how could that possibly be? So they are now 3-0 and against the Calgary Flames this year, 7-0 and against the Flames in their last seven meetings, thanks to tonight's 4-3 shootout victory. The Flames are coached by Glenn Gullitson. His comments for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvencies Trustees. Glenn, how do you describe that game with the ebbs and flows, the highs and, and lows of that one? Yeah, it was a great fan game, I think, for the fans and even some drama in the 3-on-3. In the three three. But, you know, we, we uh, I thought we played good through 30 minutes up being up 2 nothing, And then the, the first goal they got, I think, uh, uh, gave them a little bit of a spark. And uh, we, we fed them a little bit at the end. We we talked about not going east-west here tonight. And uh, we, we fed them a little bit. They got their second. Then they got the momentum, right? So then... Uh, building came alive i thought for the first 30 it wasn't so uh i thought the third went back and forth at at times and when we scored the goal we kind of had our push they had it early so uh and then in overtime you saw an exchange of chances um and then shootout can go either way is this one of those ones glenn where you feel frustrated because you weren't able to put an opponent away like maybe you've referred to in the recent past or not 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 as much in this one not as much in this one because you know we're three and four nights here we're back to back and we got the two goal lead and uh yeah if we could have got another would have been great but you know there's going to be a push from a good team coming the other way so um when when it got two one i didn't think at, at that point we were still playing pretty good hockey and then you know we make one kind of mistake and it feeds them a little bit and uh then the then the third is wide open now, so you know it's a good thing we got the the two early. Did you notice right away goalie interference, or was that? Yeah, one? right as soon as I looked down there, I I, I saw the bump, and uh, you know I, uh, our our players were gone, and uh, but I, I I I looked at the referees, and um, we we both just sat there and waited. So I told Dougie Hamilton to go bring the guys back. Pretty sorry, is goalie interference kind of like a catch in the NFL? No yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think everyone has its little nuances, and people can sit and debate it. What do you think? The win is, or the loss is, really what you're focused on. But the performance tonight by your goaltender, and maybe the thought of Matthew Kachuk tonight. Yeah, Chucky was huge for us in lots of ways, and uh, you know, two big goals, emotional, and then the shootout goal. Like, I mean, I don't think there's much more you could do. And Rady, I thought was solid. He gave us a chance. He made some big saves that looked. Easy. That were a lot harder saves than than he than uh, uh, than they looked probably to other people. And then you know I think the first one he probably want back. He just didn't didn't see it. But I thought he gave us a chance tonight. And in a back to back, your 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 backup's got to give you a chance. All right, Glenn Gullitson is the coach of the Calgary Flames, who, uh, like we mentioned, 7-0-4 in their last 11, but winless in their last four, three consecutive 2-1 
losses where they led one nothing in mm-hmm. in all the games, either in overtime or a shootout. Tonight they lead the Oilers two nothing at one point, and then Edmonton winds up taking it four three in a shootout. We have Daniel on the line. Daniel, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going tonight? Doing well. Good. Uh, I actually have two points. Uh, the first one is people earlier on the show were talking about how maybe Matthew Kachuk would have been a good fit with Edmonton. I don't really agree with that. I think in two or three years, Pooley is going to be a much better player if we just let him keep developing the way he is. Secondly, I think... Uh, Lucci just had a string of really bad games where he's made some really bad plays. It was really nice to see him fly down the ice and negate the icing and beat two flames out for the puck. I don't know. I think it was in the second period. Uh, that was third. Yeah. Third period. Got it to Slepeshev in the slot. Yep. Yeah, that was the one. It was just flabbergasted to see him skate like that. And that's the kind of play we need out of him, especially if he's going to be on a line with McDavid. But yeah, those are my two points for the night. Yeah, well, and we've talked about we talked about Lucic a lot last game. It's, you know, he tends to be a, a big play type player. <laughs> Sometimes it's a big play gone wrong, like yeah. a really bad pass early in the first period that led to the Flames goal, and then yeah, I mean that play in the third period he flew down the ice, used his size to protect the puck from two guys, and then made up a good pass to Slepeshev. And I should also say, I thought that was well defended by Riddick in net. Oh, he came way Because he knew Slepeshev yeah. couldn't pass it. Yeah. So he said, yeah. I'm going to come out as far as possible, and you have to try to put it, put it through me. But, yeah, I mean, Lucic... First two periods, uh, well, and you mentioned that one giveaway. I thought he was better in the third, but, I mean, the Oilers were better overall in the third, too. He he was frustrated. He was really frustrated. You saw him going off the ice a couple times, slamming the door shut. And I think on that play there, all the frustration through the first 40 minutes was energized into his speed to to, to get to that puck. There was no way he was not winning that race. Everything that had gone bad so far in the game was all in that one race where he could just get rid of all those demons and and it's funny he the plays that we've seen him in his own end where, where he's turned it over that was a beautiful soft area pass that he put in once he, he beat the two guys to the puck that was a wonderful pass and could have turned into a huge turning point if, if Slepshev was able to put the puck in the net so uh Lucic understands uh, he, he I don't think anyone has to tell him what he's doing wrong I think he, he's, a, he's a student of the game he understands it and that's why he's frustrated because he knows things aren't going the way he wants them to Daniel you ready to finish the play I am here we go left ball with a puck Regrouping at center. McDavid will charge up the right-hand side with Strom. McDavid around Gaudreau to the net. Shot saved by Riddick. Rebound. Score! Ryan Strom's off the stride. And Edmonton prevails. 4-3 in overtime. Daniel, simple question. Did that goal count? Uh, no. You are correct. That was a good guess. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. You get an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. Daniel, stay on the line. Kellen can take down your information. Uh, a couple people texting in here, Rob, but related to the game, not directly to the game action. Uh, a couple people saying, with Mark Letestu being a healthy scratch tonight, does that hurt his value as a UFA heading towards the, the trade deadline? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think... He, the, the pre-scouts and the video and uh, the scouts and staff that comes into the, the press box, they know exactly what he does. 
um, they understand that where this team is right now and, and there's going to be changes and nightly changes for the, for the players that are playing. Um, there's a team, there will be a team or two or three out there that could use what Mark brings uh, at, at the trade deadline. So I, I don't think it's going to really affect what they get back. I mean, they're not getting a whole lot for Mark Letestu. Nothing against Mark, but an unrestricted street agent that's going to come play on your fourth line is not going to garner you a first or second or third round pick. But uh, I, I do believe if the Oilers are where they are uh, at the trade deadline, Mark Letestu will go and he will help a team because he's a veteran guy, right-handed, that can power play, penalty kill, and win faceoffs. You'll still hear from Connor McDavid. The Oilers beat the Flames 4-3 in a shootout. Heck of a night. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. McDavid, left to right with plenty of speed. Top of the circle, Swade, backhander, score! Waited Riddick out, forced him to commit, and then tucked a backhander short side. That'll go into the books as the game-deciding goal as the Oilers outlast the Calgary Flames 4-3 in a shootout. McDavid thought he had got an assist on the game winner in overtime, but then he was called for goalie interference, and Ryan Strom's overtime tally was disallowed after video review. Let's go down to the Oilers' dressing room, and here is McDavid. Um, you know, but they're just doing their job. They're, they're trying to do um, what's best for the game, and um, you don't always have to agree with that. But uh, obviously I should not have... Uh, done that but uh, that's, pretty cool. that's, that's frustration <laughs> yeah are there too many uh, are, are you uh, not the only uh, player that's I, I, I think everyone just wants like black and white you know I think everyone just wants it to be goaltender interference or not I mean I I, I I haven't really looked at the play I looked at it for you know the replay on the jumbotron and you know I see myself just trying to make a play at the net and I'm turning I'm trying to get out of the way I do avoid the goalie but you know, I catch his stick um you know, if I'm a goaltender, I'm just going to start grabbing that guy's feet and and, um, you know, and, and I'm going to start trying to sell it. I mean, it is frustrating, but um, ultimately, like I always say, I'm always trying to defend the refs. I, I feel like I'm always good to the refs. I, I try not to do stuff like I did tonight, but um, you know, ultimately, I did what I did, and, and um, you know, hopefully they're uh, they're not too, uh, too upset at me. I'm sure they are, but um, that's the way it goes. Um, like I said, I know they're trying to do the right thing always, but I think players just want black and white, and, and, and that's all. How did it feel to get the redemption after to score in the shootout and win the game? It was good. I'm glad it didn't. didn't uh, I'm glad that we still were able to get to the two points, and, and that's all that matters. So we were able to get the win, and, and uh, we'll take that. Just looking back at Davidson's first goal there, how did that sort of lift the team up? Yeah, we definitely needed it. Um, you know, he just he just kind of put it on net. Um, you know, he did a good job getting through the middle, and uh, you know, he, he slings it on net, and um, you know, it was good. The frustration level after you know guys are literally leaving the ice. How do you guys sort of reel it in and, and get it back and not sort of lose your composure? Yeah, I mean. Uh, like I said, I think both teams were off the ice. They didn't even know it was under review, but um, you know, that's the way sometimes it, it goes. And uh, you know, I thought we did a good job responding, uh, especially Talbs. We gave up a bunch of chances, and um, you know, he was great as always. So, uh, Reed, that's Connor McDavid. 
And you will hear Connor McDavid's next game on 6.30, Chad. That's the NHL All-Star Game from Tampa. We will broadcast it at 1.30 Sunday afternoon. The next Oilers broadcast is one week from tonight, Thursday, February 1st. Colorado is in town, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. This was a memorable one against the Calgary Flames. The Oilers come from behind, then the Flames come from behind, and then the Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. Get more on 6 630Ched.com. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 630Ched, and to Troy Bowler. He's our engineer here at Rogers Place. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Seven straight wins for the Oilers over the Flames. Have a great night.